When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, the Packers have established their initial 53-man roster for the 2022 season, as well as uh, the bulk of the practice squad at this point. All of that was happening on Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm just going to throw you an open-ended question to begin here. What was your top observation or thing that uh, sort of caught your fancy with regard to how this 53 shook out? We are finally seeing how the practice squad rules changing is starting to alter the complexion of a 53-man roster yep, in the National I Football totally League. I totally agree with you. The, the first and foremost, the Green Bay Packers making the decision to keep two running backs, two traditional running backs on their 53-man roster in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. You might have heard of them. If you go back, and I, I always start in 2009 because that you can go back farther if you want, but that's when the Packers made the switch to the 3-4. I consider that to be kind of the modern era underneath my own unofficial metric. Well, going back to 2009, there's only been two instances where the Packers got through the initial cut to 53 with only two running backs on the roster. It was 2018, and that's when Aaron Jones had to be suspended for a week, missed week one. They signed Darius Jackson the following day. And then there's 2010, where James Stark started on PUP. So you had Ryan Grant and Brandon Jackson, but they also had three fullbacks. Right, three fullbacks that year. This particular year, yes, you have Kylan Hill on PUP, but there are no more fullbacks. And the Packers are just going with Jones and Dillon. Brian Gutekunst mentioned, yes, if worst-case scenario and you don't have somebody else elevated, you do have Amari Rodgers potentially being able to play that spot. But the Packers have this little wild card now where they can bring up up to three times, elevate a player, one specific player, from the practice squad up to three times. So Tyler Goodson squeaks through to the practice squad. Patrick Taylor, who's been here for two years now, he's on the practice squad. So you're going to see this a lot. You know, and I think even, you know, Jawan Winfrey, the, the reports out that he's going to be coming back. There's going to be these guys that aren't on the 53 that are still going to collect a traditional game check because of the ability now 
to call people up, and that is altering the way we're seeing some of these initial active rosters. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's a, I, I think it's a very, it, it's, it's an obvious uh, shift in the thinking, the process, how some of these final decisions are being made because the Packers are not going to go into a regular season game with just Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon as the only active running backs for a game. Like, because anything happens to either one of those guys, suddenly you're taking a huge chunk of the game plan or the playbook and throwing it in the garbage. I mean, yep. you, can't, you can't take that risk. You have to have a third running back. But as you said, Wes, the rules, the practice squad rules and the multiple elevations – mean that you don't necessarily have to have that third running back on the 53-man roster. The, the Packers, in, in essence, I don't know if it's going to play out this way. This is one way to look at it. They've, in essence, bought themselves six more weeks, the first six weeks of the regular season, to decide who really is the number three running back because they can elevate uh, Patrick Taylor and or Tyler Goodson three times apiece and then at that at, at that point, one or both of them needs to be on the 53, or then uh, you know you would have to expose them again, or they would end up having to stay on the practice squad the remainder of the season and get no more elevation. So all of this, you know, it's almost as though this battle for the number three running back spot. Maybe the coaches know who it is and who's going to be the one elevated for week one. But in some senses, it's the competition is continuing, yeah. right? There's still, whether Patrick Taylor's in the lead or Tyler Goodson's in the lead right now, there's still a chance for that to shift because either or both could be elevated on a, on a game day coming up here in September. And coming up in a couple of weeks, you know, they could theoretically also return Kylan Hill to practice. And now Kylan Hill is stating his claim after a pretty impressive start with Green Bay last summer. Right, with with the PUP now, the regular season PUP being just a four-week yep. minimum instead of the six-week minimum from previous years, another change in the rules in terms of the roster manipulation. And Rodgers kind of talked about that, Aaron Rodgers, that is, at his locker uh, on what would be Wednesday. I'm trying to get my days down, Mike. <laughs> when you work like 14 in a row, you start losing <laughs> yeah. track of which one it is. But you know, about how there's going to be some of these changes now. Because conversely, the Packers kept all 11 of their draft picks on this 53-man roster. They went with seven receivers for the third time in five years. And then one other change that the NFL implemented that I think you're always going to see loaded offensive lines is you need to have eight offensive linemen active on game day to be able to have 48 players dressed for the game. You don't do that. You only get 47. So, yeah, a lot of these teams now, you're going to see 9, 10 offensive linemen making this roster. The Packers, there were a lot of difficult decisions they had to make during these final cuts. Danny Etling goes on the practice squad. Caleb Jones goes on the practice squad. You keep a guy like Rasheed Walker on the 53 who finished camp really strong, had a nice showing at right tackle in Kansas City. Had to come back from an injury during training camp. Absolutely. But once he, once he got out there in the preseason, the film looked pretty good. And that's the, that's the toughest part of this job for Brian Gutekunst and the scouts. They lost one guy to waivers. That was Ty Summers. I think everybody kind of expected that's what was going to happen once they decided to release him ahead of time before the final cuts. Yeah. And, you know, it, it worked out the way it worked out. There were some great stories like Micah Abernathy making the 53 after only being here for 20 days. But then there was also the reality of what the National Football League is like where Rudy Ford was signed the next day and Abernathy was released. So uh, Mason Crosby's back. There, there's so many different scenarios and storylines that came out of this cutdown day 
that I think, one, it made for a huge day on our website, numbers-wise. <laughs> but two, I, I just think there were so many questions that people had that weren't going to be answered until you know Brian Gutekunst filled out that personnel report and sent it to the league office by 3 p.m. on Tuesday. Yeah, from a news perspective, Mason Crosby was activated off PUP. The Packers feeling very good about his progress. Week one, still the target for him. We will see what, uh, we will see what happens there. But the backup kicker... Um, Ahmed, Ramiz Ahmed, um, he was released but did clear waivers and is back on the practice squad. So depending on what happens with Crosby, again, because of these elevation, um, game day elevation rules, the Packers will have another option there for week one um, if they were to need it. That You mentioned the 10 offensive linemen. I think as training camp and the preseason developed and certainly with the remaining uncertainty with regard to David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, I think uh, I think we saw the 10 offensive linemen coming and were wondering if maybe even they would go with 11. Um, yeah. and, uh, and as it turned out, as you said, Caleb Jones um, did make it through waivers and is back on the practice squad. And yeah, the cruel world of, uh, of NFL roster decisions with Micah Abernathy, a great story, shows up, gets signed because of injuries at safety, gets signed two days before the first preseason game. Um, absolutely balls out in all three. I mean, he's on the field in a preseason game two days after he arrives in yep. Green Bay, which is pretty remarkable in, in, in and of itself. Then a week later, he gets an interception and a tackle for loss in the preseason game at Lambeau Field, um, makes the initial 53, but then when a safety and special teams stalwart from Jacksonville named Rudy Ford becomes available, the Packers decide to sign him, and uh, and Abernathy is released one day after being this great Cinderella story that had made the 53. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. But that leads me to, I think, another very obvious observation with regard to how Brian Gutekunst and his staff, Matt LaFleur, the coaches, how they went about putting together this 53-man roster. And, of course, I'm talking about special teams because as I pointed out on the three things video that we shot with Larry yesterday this the mindset the approach that they want to take with special teams this wasn't just about changing the coaches it's about changing the personnel and it's about having guys like Keyshawn Nixon and Dallin Levitt who yes they will be reserves in the defensive backfield but the the uh the top 
item on their uh, job responsibility list is going to be special teams because they've done it a lot. They can be leaders in that area. Obviously, the Packers also brought in a new punter, a new long snapper. The undrafted rookie, Jack Coco, does make the team. And then Rudy Ford ends up getting signed here just uh, as uh, as the roster reductions are made. And then you can you can potentially have some of these rookies from the draft class. We may see Romeo Dobbs on special teams. We may see Tariq Carpenter, the seventh-round pick um, at, uh, at safety, kind of an oversized safety who might be an interesting, intriguing prospect on special teams. The, uh, the makeover of the special teams has been months in the making here. And, uh, and now it's time for new coordinator Rich Bisaccia, Byron Storr, his, that, that, that group of coaches, they've got their guys now. This is, this is who they've got, so they're going to move forward. And, uh, and the idea is obviously for the Packers to be much, much improved in that phase of things. Yeah, and, and that was one of the big reasons why I also implored people not to get too over the top about how the preseason looked. Yeah, I was, I, was doing the, I was doing the same thing. It was a search for personnel. Yeah. That's that's the way I looked at it. Yeah, and, and the way of which they're trying to augment those teams, you know, there there's going to be a lot of established veterans playing for Ritz Bisaccia too. I think about the field goal protection unit and the amount of starters we saw on this uh, this past summer. There were times last season where I don't remember there being a quote unquote starter on field goal protection. It was a lot of backup offensive linemen. It was a lot of backup defensive linemen, yeah. but there's a huge emphasis there. I never saw Corey Lindsley play on a special teams unit. Josh Myers is playing as a wing right now on the field goal protection. Quay Walker, Adrian Amos, I, I think the plan is to hopefully not have to use Amos, but when Dallin Levitt went down with the shoulder in San Francisco, Amos was the one filling in as personal protector. On the Rasool, punt team. On the punt team. Yeah. Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes. There was a line that really stood out to me. During Brian, and Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur both talked about this emphasis, but when Brian Gutekunst said we had to get out of our comfort zone a little bit with how we're building these teams, yep. that really, I thought, was telling because he admitted we've not been good enough for far too long. Right. We need to be better in that area. And I feel like the resources have been committed. Certainly, you and I watched these practices. Having Rich Bisacci as the, the general there, I think, has made a huge difference the tempo, how they get in and out of periods, the urgency when they do have the special teams period. I, you know, this goes back years. This isn't just about, you know, Mo Drayton or, or anybody's in specific, but, you know, there, there was a lot of years, Mike, where I would cover these training camp practices and it'd be like, okay, team periods are done. We're going to do some special teams. Eh, all right, everybody, 10 minutes. We'll be back. We'll do some more team periods. No, man, special teams this year, that was a period in and of itself when they were doing – their lineups, whether it be for kickoff return or punt return. Even the way they, they integrated their, their field goals I thought was really interesting. There wasn't a set, okay, we're just going to kick eight field goals. No, it was, okay, we're going to do a, a team period, and we're going to do two field goals quick. Do another team period, go back a couple more yards and do some more field goals. They're just the, the urgency is there. You need the execution. You need to be able to turn the corner in the regular season. But certainly everybody from the top down understands why that phase needs to improve. And – Really, what happens if you don't get it to where it needs to be? Yeah, and we actually got a look, not that the Packers wanted to punt as often as they did in Kansas City in that preseason finale, but we got a look at what Pat O'Donnell might be able to do here as a, as a veteran punter. I thought he, I thought in 
mixing and matching, you know, the Aussie style, the swing away. I mean, he kind of showed it all in uh, in in Kansas City. Now they get the personnel they want to cover those punts, and and you know the the 55 yard gross doesn't necessarily just become a 40 yard yep. net because of a 15 yard return. You cover those better, and uh, and that net average on the punt gets to where Rich Bisaccia wants it to be. And it is an interesting after that game in KC, Matt Lafleur talking about yeah, there were some things going on there with the returns. And then within five days, here comes Rudy Ford, who's mm-hmm. considered one of the fastest, best gunners in the National Football League. When I go back to thinking about when special teams appeared to be turning the corner the first time for Green Bay, it was because I thought Jeff Janis was an excellent gunner, Dimitri Goodson. They had guys that sort of stepped up in that Jared Bush role, yeah. and then they kind of fell off a little bit in terms of the team. That Having a Rudy Ford there, potentially using some starters, I think that's going to make a big difference. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves now with uh, with the regular season right around the corner and who is on the field for those snaps. Um, some sponsor business here, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, Golden fries and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. An interesting final day, I, I say final day, last day of practice on Wednesday before the players get kind of an extended break here uh, through the weekend, and then uh, they'll return after the weekend to begin the, uh, the full-fledged preparation for the Minnesota Vikings in week one. A couple of visitors to practice. Yeah. Um, first off, Morgan Burnett, former Packers safety, who came back to Green Bay to officially retire as a Packer, hasn't played in the NFL for a couple of years. Played his first, he was a third-round draft pick in 2010. Played his first eight years in the NFL with Green Bay, a couple of other years with, uh, with a pair of AFC North teams. Um, he officially retires as a Packer. And then newly enshrined Pro Football Hall of Famer Leroy Butler also was at practice, and we found out that both of those individuals, who happened to both play the position of safety and played it quite well here in Green Bay, both had a chance to talk to the team, give a little bit of a, an, an inspirational message, message, excuse me, and it sounded like um, it was uh, both of both of those were received quite well. Yeah, starting with Butler, uh, Aaron Rodgers even mentioned he felt like that was one of the best kind of pre-practice camp speeches they've had in his time, at least over the last ten years, I think is what his quote was. Uh, and and Butler's message was one that I can see why it hit home with Rodgers, but definitely the entire football team in that it goes by fast. So enjoy it. You know, Leroy played twelve years in the National Football League. Took him a couple years to find his way. And then obviously the shoulder injury ended his last season. But in between there, I mean, what a remarkable run he got on. And we talked ad nauseum this summer about, you know, his Hall of Fame candidacy and finally getting enshrined in Canton. To be able to bring him back, I thought was such an important thing because, you know, we talk about Leroy being long-winded, and he can be. (laughs) But I think as he also showed in Canton, you know, he can be really concise with his thoughts too and make a point, um, not just with his words, but how he says things. Yeah. Kind of reflecting on this and, and mentioning afterwards that Morgan Burnett spoke to the team after practice, you know, that idea of being in the present. I think the way uh, Randall Cobb termed it was, you know, standing in your shoes, you know, not worrying about what's happened in the past, not trying to think about the future, but literally just being present right now. Um, 
not just in the practices, not just in the games, being in the cafeteria, being in the locker room, just being able to, to enjoy this with people around you um, that are kind of living out their dreams as well. And for the Packers, I mean, you look at this type of year with the expectations being as high as they are, it is important at times to actually step back and reflect and, and appreciate the opportunity that's in front of them. And I feel like without hearing the message ourselves, it definitely sounds like that's sort of the thing that both Butler and Burnett hit home on. And I'll be honest with you, Mike, I tweeted or I put on my Instagram as I was getting ready for bed last night, the fact that Morgan Burnett is retired from the National Football League, um, you got to see his entire career. Yeah. I got most of it. That that kind of that hits even a guy like me a little bit because now I'm 34 years old. I think Morgan might be 33. Yeah. You know, it it reminds you, you know, these guys come in at 21, 22 years old. In the blink of an eye, you're 30, and you're on to that next phase of your life. So you definitely do want to appreciate that moment when it's in front of you. Yeah, no question about. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Well, the other thing with regard to Wednesday's practice, um, Matt LaFleur threw a change up at the guys, so to speak, because... What he ended up doing, and again, before giving them a few days off, he set up practice um, with a lot of 11-on-11, essentially like almost like four quarters of 11-on-11, you know, ones versus ones, um, and also some twos versus twos. And we didn't get to see that. We're at the point, just so people understand, we're at the point with regard to practice where, as opposed to a regular training camp practice when we get to watch the entire thing, now in regular season practice mode, the media is allowed for the opening portion of practice and some of the individual drills, but then once they go to 11 on 11, the media is dismissed and it's a, uh, it's a closed private practice. But it sounded like the 11 on 11, this four quarters and whatever running clock that they put on, and it was, it, there were also some special teams uh, snaps that were mixed in sort of between quarters, everything that we found out about this practice in the locker room afterward. It sounded like it was pretty darn competitive, and the guys really, both sides of the ball, really, really got after it. And um, the timing of it couldn't have been better because I, I can see from a head coach's perspective. All right, guys, we're going. Other than tackling to the ground, we're not going to be, you know, laying guys out and everything. But go, we're going to go really, really hard today because now you've got a few days off to recover. Like, let's make this practice as game-like as uh, as we can. And uh, it sounded like it was a hit with the players. Yeah, for Aaron Rodgers, you asked the question for Rodgers to say right off the bat that it was the best practice yeah. camp. 
Uh, I, I think it really reiterated um, how successful it was. And also the fact that Rogers, I, the thing that stood out to me the most, him mentioning that he kind of hopes that this is something that maybe they'll integrate into the traditional training. Yeah, camp something something to consider, something to consider in the future, sort of to to break up maybe to break up the monotony of the installations or this or that of of you know weeks of training camp practices. Just one day, go all right, guys, we're going eleven on eleven for four quarters. Let's go. Yeah, I'm you sure know, I a mean, lot of media it would be excited. That that would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun for us and for the fans at the stands at Nitschke Field. If that would be an open practice, that would be a blast for everybody to uh, to watch and see what unfolds. Yeah, one of the the two very subtle things that happened though when Rogers was explaining it is one, it sounds like Robert Tunyon is doing really well. Um, this is a guy that was just getting back into the team program last week, just getting back into some of the individual periods, and sounded like he had a couple touchdown passes as well. Uh, one, I believe, was from Rodgers, and another one was in a two-minute with, with Jordan with Love. With Jordan Love, yeah. And, you know, for, for Tunyon trying to get back into the swing of things, uh, sounds like that first week has gone really well. But Rodgers, again, was effusive in his praise of Sammy Watkins. And just the corner that he turned after that first practice against the Saints. I mean, Mike, you look at the stats. I talk about it frequently, but, I mean, this guy is in the conversation as being among the best week one receivers in the National Football League uh, over the last, you know, eight years in which he's been here. I mean, he's just, it's one big performance after another, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I think everybody appreciates and understands what this young man is still capable of if he's healthy. Yeah. And for him and Randall Cobb and being able to get all these guys that are figured to be important catalysts for this offense to the start of the regular season without injury I think it's one of the things that Matt LaFleur did really well in this camp, and a part of that is not playing in the preseason, and a part of it is being really smart when you do decide to finally push that button to, to get guys ramping up a little bit. Yeah, this and, and the players talked about how this, for the starters, the veteran starters in particular, because we did see some of the younger starters on offense and defense taking snaps in the preseason game, but for the veteran starters, this was their preseason action. It was, it was the ones versus ones in an intense environment on the practice field. Rodgers did talk about Watkins. He also talked about how the last week to 10 days that Randall Cobb has really come on. Um, Somewhat quiet throughout training camp, just a veteran going about his business. But uh, but the last week or so, Randall Cobb has gotten a lot more action in the 11-on-11. 11 11. And you mentioned Robert Tunyon very recently returned to the 11-on-11 11 work um, with uh, with getting cleared through his ACL rehab. And it sounds like he's showing up quite a bit as well, even though we haven't had uh, the opportunity to see it um, as members of the media. So a lot going on there. The, the, the team now on a little bit of a break and uh and then they'll come back and it will be uh it, it will be a big turn the page moment because uh because the Minnesota Vikings will be right around the corner big division rival on the road all that and uh and an entire week to prepare so uh it's almost here my friend yeah the transition's so interesting now with them making this uh switch to three preseason games and everybody mentioned that's for the positive Brian Gutekunst even said as much as he would love the more evaluation opportunities that this is the best for the league and for the players but it does it creates this weird little vacuum uh, where you really don't know what to make of anything you know even those practices last weekend where you're getting ready for final cuts but you want to keep the guys working I felt like this was a perfect way to to make it a little bit more competitive uh, and and not just have it being okay well we're all just kind of sitting around looking for something to do this week no I mean get one more heavy practice in and then Monday comes around and suddenly you're game planning again. So yeah. 
uh, as you said, Mike, it's incredible. Um, it seems like just yesterday I was sitting on that bench waiting for Mark Murphy to come out at the shareholders meeting and give his speech, and then suddenly we're here and the Packers have a pretty pivotal division matchup coming out right at the gate. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be quite the start. Vikings week one, Bears in week two, and uh, a lot on a lot on the line in the NFC North here in the early weeks. One last thing before we go, running short on time, but wanted to give a quick shout out to two new members of the Packers Hall of Fame being inducted uh, this week, talking about Greg Jennings and Tim Harris. Wes and I will have stories based from their press conferences, their induction on Packers.com. So be sure to check those out. But congratulations to Greg Jennings and Tim Harris, very deserving new members of the Packers Hall of Fame. And with that, We'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. We'll have everything for you on Packers.com. Be sure to continue to check it out as the regular season rolls around. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.